0: taking my text from from luke chapter 19 starting at verse 41 and when he was come near he beheld the city and wept over it saying if thou hadst known even thou at least in this thy day the things which belong unto thy peace but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee round and keep thee in on every side and shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. I've been spending a little time in Scripture looking between the end of the praises and the beginning of Easter, Good Friday. It's amazing how much happens in such a short amount of time. Here we see Jesus very burdened, I believe we can all understand somewhat how he must have felt. We can think about those that we love and care about that are outside of the arc of safety. We can think about the fact that we know the Lord's coming soon. And there's, a, there's an urgency there and a burden that we bear. Imagine how Jesus must have felt Not just one or two people, but the whole world. All that sin that he would be carrying. Where did all those people come from that were praising him? Well, it turns out many of them were very curious. They had heard that Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. That will get a crowd, for sure. And uh, there were were many. Uh, They wanted to see not only Jesus, but Lazarus. Lazarus, he was part of the spectacle. And uh, they wanted to find out what, what, what this was all about. And if this was true, certainly maybe Jesus could do something for them. Others had traveled. This was close to Passover, so... Many had traveled a long distance and were there to participate in, in the Passover feast. So th- this group uh, had many different reasons for being there. And as they were crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, uh, as we heard this morning, some were pretty misguided. They had no real idea why Jesus was here. Uh, they 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 were expecting something completely different. And many of them probably were there about a week later yelling, crucify him. A little fickle. Isn't that kind of how it is today? What's the phrase of the week? Let's go out and shout it in the street. That's, that's what he was dealing with. And nothing's changed. Some were onlookers, and they wanted to meet this healer. I was stuck in a very large traffic jam earlier this week. It turns out it was because people liked to look at what was going on on I-205 there, where there's some, some kind of clearing or something. They're fixing, you know, getting tree limbs off. The, that's what they're doing everywhere these days. And it, was, it had to be three miles long. Just because people wanted to look. What do we call them? Looky-loos now? Is that what we call them? I wasn't really happy with those curious people. I wish they'd just drive and keep going. Well, this, we had a crowd here. Uh, the religious leaders of the time were actually considering killing Lazarus to get people to quit looking for what's going on here. Let's, let's kill Lazarus, and then they'll they'll stop... Worrying about what Jesus did for them. Crooked people. Others were there because they desired a change. Some wanted to be healed. Certainly, if if Jesus could raise Lazarus from the dead, they'd heard heard other things that he had done for people. They they were there to be healed. Some desired, again, they were looking for... A change in government, but as they entered into the temple, there they were. They were drawn to what had happened. Jesus had, as we heard this morning, cleansed the temple. He had some things to say while he was there, and that those actions drew people to the temple to hear what he had to say. And certainly, as he taught there, uh, their hearts were removed we know that um, many had questions while they were there and we also know that he was healing people while he was there if we look in Matthew the 21st chapter I'm going to start at verse 14 and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. I'm going to stop there. Children, aren't they wonderful? They probably heard what everyone was singing the day before. And they didn't forget. And they just started mimicking what they'd heard the day before. Isn't that awesome? They weren't happy about what the children were singing. And they said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus saith unto them, Yea, have ye never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise. Amen. Amen. From this point, we find that many things occurred. And there was a lot of questioning. So we have the religious leaders that show up now. First one is they want to, they question his authority. And they ask him, "Who by whose authority do you say these things? And of course, Jesus asks a question of them. That's how he did it. And they couldn't answer the question, so he says, well, I'm not going to answer yours then. And just kind of left him with nothing to say. Then he spoke a parable that Um, describes a vineyard and you have people taking care of the vineyard and then pretty soon they want to kill everyone that that can inherit it so they can have it for themselves. And he's describing the scribes and the Pharisees in this, of course. Then the Pharisees come to him, is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar? So he helps them understand that What what to do there, and and I would encourage you all to read this. I don't want to go on for this. I don't want to make this a Bible study, so I'm going to keep going here. Then the Sadducees, it's their turn. They don't believe in the resurrection, so they have a question about the resurrection and if someone dies, someone dies, and and it has this long drawn out. I mean, it's they really had to think this one through. It's quite, it's quite a question. So I would encourage you to read that one too. But he he comes back with a very expected answer. And then we have a scribe come to him in in Mark 12. we we're going to go back to Mark. And we're going to look at the 12th chapter. And we're going to look at uh, verse 28, starting there. And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which... Is the first commandment of all. And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said unto him, Well, master, thou hast said the truth. For there is one God, and there is none other but he. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw, he had answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. Thou art not far. He answered discreetly. That was his problem. When we come to the Lord discreetly, we're holding on to something. When we come to the Lord discreetly, there's something we don't want to give up. This scribe was more interested in his status than his spiritual condition. He had the answers in his head, but he wasn't willing to open his heart. There's quite a lesson there. Don't we want to be bold? We want to come to the Lord and be broken and spilled out. Isn't that the purpose when we come to pray? Or do we do we do we come to hold on to things? Do you want to walk away with what you brought? We don't want to do that. That's not why Jesus died on the cross. That's not why He went through all this for us. We want to come boldly before the throne of grace. Uh, we don't want to hold on to things that, that mean, they mean something to us. We want to give Him the things that mean something to us so He can make something of us. we got a perfect Janie back here before she played the second song. The master can't do anything with an untuned instrument. We want to be in tune with the Lord. And it was beautiful, Janie. But Jesus wasn't done. He wanted to share that he was not just of the lineage of David. He was divine. He's the son of God. And then he spent a very long time. Beware of the scribes and the Pharisees. There's an entire chapter in Matthew 23. goes for a long, long time. In one part of uh, the study, I think I was going the seven woes of the scribes and Pharisees. Does that sound like exciting reading? You should look that one up sometime. Then we have Jesus looking at the treasury. And people are putting money in the treasury. What drew his attention? It wasn't all the rich people putting money in there. It was the woman that showed up with only two mites. It was her whole living and she put him in there that's who got his attention the one who was committed the one who was bold she didn't say anything when she put it in there but she was giving all she had she was broken and spilled out she had put it all out there and left nothing Later, you find that the disciples are asking questions. And Jesus goes into great detail, warning of false prophets, describing the last days. He refers to the abomination of desolation in the book of Daniel as he's talking to his disciples. And then we find him in Matthew 23. I'm going to read this too. Sounds very similar to what I read. Earlier. Matthew 23:37 through 39, you can see that he's still burdened. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them, which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate." For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Burdened. The time was coming. He knew his time was almost over. Just a little later, we read about the woman with the alabaster box. We just heard the song about that, getting ready for his burial. and As he made that clear to his disciples, Judas couldn't take it anymore. It says that at that point, he went to confer, consult with the scribes and the Pharisees. We had people that were curious, people that were working for change. But really, all the Lord was looking for was someone who would be committed. That's what he was looking for the whole time. And it hasn't changed today. What group are you in? Are you here out of curiosity Amen. We're glad you're here. Nothing wrong with that. That's how I got started. I wasn't raised in this church. I was curious. Are you here because you desire to follow a cause? The cause of Jesus Christ is a pretty good one, it will heal. The soul. He can heal the body. He can heal your mind. Are you here to challenge God's authority? Are you here to challenge God's word? Are you here waiting for something to be said that you want to disagree with? Many will try to slander Christianity. They just find a verse they don't like, take it out of context, and throw it at you. I challenge you to study the entire Word of God. I found that when I started doing that, it exposed me. When I started studying the Word of God, I saw what my problem was. There's no problem in the good Word of God. There's nothing there that you can dispute. In fact, in Hebrews, it says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and the, the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's powerful. Study the Word of God. You'll never regret that. We pray that you're here to commit your life. We pray that you're here and that you're not going to come discreetly. You're not here to hold on to something. You're here to give it up. If you're here and you're saved, are you sanctified? If you're not, What are you being so discreet about? Broken and spilled out. That needs to be our desire and and our heart whenever we come to the Lord. Uh, he, He has everything we need. Regardless of which group you're in, Jesus can help you tonight. Regardless of which group you find yourself You can express your curiosity. You can come to the Lord, tell Him what you're wondering about. He has an answer for you. You desire a change, He has that for you. There's power in the blood. Amen? Make you whiter than snow. Can heal your body. If you have questions, He has answers for those too. He's helped me with many of those. I wasn't raised in this gospel. I had a lot of times where I spent time praying because I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) I just knew I wanted to do the right thing. I knew I wanted to please the Lord. And when I wasn't sure if I was, I could ask Him what I needed to do. It's a good way. It's a good way. But we need to be committed. It's only a good way if we're committed. I saw a cartoon before we before I closed. It was, my wife showed this to me. And it's this little child holding on to a teddy bear. And Jesus is right there, kind of bowing down to her, with this huge one behind his back. And she's saying, but God, I love it so much. We don't know what God has in store for us. What you think is important. What you think you need, give it to Him tonight and see what He has for you. 596 is the song.